Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley. A reading from Matthew, chapter 24, verse 36 through 44. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as those days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. It was, uh, I think it was nine years ago this week that I preached from the first time from this pulpit. And they still let me back. (laughs) That's good. Uh, We've chosen as our Advent theme, On the Way. This season is a season of journeying. We're on our way somewhere. The Christmas story itself tells the story of visiting angels and holy searching. It recalls the Holy Family as they sought safety in a foreign country, becoming refugees. Part of the good news of Advent is that in this night season, the long night, we don't journey alone, we journey together. And we don't wander aimlessly, we are guided toward what is called the perfect light. Following the stanzas of that familiar hymn, People Look East, each week we'll wonder about love's ways of showing up in our lives. This week, love, the guest, is on the way. Once I asked a friend of mine who's a retired homiletics professor, a preaching professor, about the worst sermon she's ever heard. (laughs) And she reluctantly told me the sermon delivered by a Unitarian student, no offense to Unitarians, but he didn't seem to have the firmest grasp of the Bible. And she said the student's text was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And his sermon was titled, You Can't Keep a Good Man Down. (laughs) They may seem silly to us who know that the Gospels are not told in succession. They're not chapters in a book, but they're standalone accounts of a story. But in the scheme of of things, we still plan our church year around birth and death and resurrection and return of Christ. 
the lectionary texts that lead us up to Advent take a turn toward the apocalyptic, as if to remind us of why we needed a Savior in the first place. But as soon as a text like this about the return of Christ reinforces our linear thinking about God's plan for salvation in the world, our church year begins again with the birth of the Christ child. And we tend to arrive at the Advent season with some conviction that we know how the story is going to end. A baby in a manger who's going to grow up and raise hell and save us all. But the scriptures like the one we've looked at today remind us that none of us knows the full story. And we're encouraged to keep watch during this long season of darkness. It's as if the apocalypse isn't the end, but an edge that we can't quite see over. A cycle of beginnings and endings. Advent always begins with the end of something else. The apocalypse, the unveiling of something. But apocalypses happen around us all the time. Some bigger than others, some every change, every season, every loss. A mini apocalypse, the unveiling of a new thing. In Matthew's account, Jesus returns not as a guest, but as a thief in the night. And the fear of Christ's return and the end of the world have been popularized by authors and televangelists, not least by a, a book series, book and film series called Left Behind. In this fiction series, 12 books in all, with films and a children's series as well, author Tim LaHaye illustrates in detail the fate of those unsaved in the end of days. Personally, I'm horrified that there's a children's series of this uh, book. There can be no doubt that the franchise is fear-based. The fear is implied in the title, Left Behind. If it was hope-based, it would be called Home with Jesus. But Tim LaHaye, who died in 2016, to give you a sense of his worldview, in a 2004 interview with Terry Gross on NPR, he talked about meeting the Dalai Lama and trying to lead him to Christ. Tim LaHaye tried to get the Dalai Lama saved. And I think the hubris of our, of our Christian faith sometimes as we approach um, other faith traditions can be quite extreme. And for someone who, who, who writes about the fear-based, the fear-based theology that we've inherited, um, I think we need to be careful. I think we need to be careful about how we present our Christian message. When I was in my chaplaincy training, my first patient was an elderly man named Frank. Frank was dying, and from what, I, I can't remember, but I was his chaplain, and it was my first week on the job. And unlike my first year of seminary, when I knew everything, it, I, had just, <laughs> I had just finished my second year, and I was convinced that I didn't know anything. <laughs> And it was my third day of chaplaincy training, and I was called to Frank's room. And I arrived there to find at least eight family members crowded in that tiny room. And I squeezed in along the back wall and tried to announce my presence, but no one seemed to really notice that I was there. And after a few minutes, Frank said in a kind of quiet voice to no one in particular, I have dreams about God, and I'm scared. In my dreams, I see God coming down from heaven, and I'm scared because I don't know if I'm one of his chosen. 
And suddenly all those people who didn't seem to know I was there were staring at me pressed up against the back wall. <laughs> and I was speechless for what felt like eternity. And then just blurted out, well, it seems to me that if God goes to the trouble of coming to you in your dreams, you must be chosen. And Frank said, I want to be alone with the chaplain. I pulled over a chair and sat next to him, and I heard a little bit about his life. But the conversation kept coming back to his death, his, his coming death. What will it be like when I die, he asked me. I said, I've never died, so I don't know, but what do you think it will be like? He said, I think I'll just fall asleep and I'll wake up on the other side. But I'm worried about how I'm going to find my mom and my sisters. And I said, well, Frank, I don't know, but you know how when you've got company coming, you get all excited and start to get the house ready and you're making sure everything's okay and when they get there, you're in the front yard to meet them. I think your mom and sisters have been watching for you and waiting. And they're going to find you. You won't have to find them. They're going to find you. Love the guest. Frank's apocalypse came two days later. Jesus came back for Frank. And I believe that night he was the guest of honor at a welcome table with his mom and his sisters. What do self-proclaimed progressives do with apocalypse? We do what good disciples do. We go back to the text. I look to Paul's message to the Thessalonians in chapter 4. He wrote to that community reminding them that the de their dead were not lost. To know that death does not come and have the last word is comforting. Perhaps the truth is eternal and relatable even to progressives. Paul says, don't be uninformed and made hopeless. Theologian Jennifer McBride says, the text tells us that God is a God who comes to us. And as one of my favorite Methodist theologians says, Catherine Keller, apocalypse is not an end but an edge. The text reminds us that the arrival of Christ in the world and in our lives is always disruptive. Whether he comes as a baby in a barn or triumphantly in the clouds, or whether we're at the end of our rope or somewhere else, Christ disrupts. Don't be uninformed and made hopeless. And Paul says to them, encourage one another. Lift up, hearten, give courage to each other. Don't let those around you be left hopeless. You have hope. Now give it away. You have good news. Now share it. You're the product of unearned and unreasonable grace. Be unreasonably gracious to those around you, especially in a season like this. There are people around us experiencing apocalypses day, and, day after day. The loss of loved ones, the loss of a job, the new diagnosis, something is happening in everyone's life around us. And what would the world be like if we recognized that everybody we meet is bearing a heavier cross than we are? As our communion liturgy proclaims Christ will come again in final victory and we will feast together at the heavenly banquet table. But meanwhile... Christ comes in far more mundane ways. He perhaps might first arrive in a Nissan or a Ford, perhaps not in final victory, but just to offer a little hope or to bear witness. Perhaps not a heavenly banquet, but a hot meal. 
perhaps not in the form of the Savior of humanity, but through someone like you. Maybe our task this season is not to wish away the darkness, but to allow our eyes to adjust to the dim light, not to pray for rescue, but to live into the non-anxious urgency of this season, to be watchful and faithful and hopeful. Love the guest is on its way. Amen.